Welcome to another episode of the Morph Business and Leadership Podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest. Her name is Faith Edwards. She is really dear to my heart. Um, She's actually my god sister, but she is so amazing. She is just a woman of great mentorship to so many, but especially to me since I've been around her again in my adult age, she's been teaching me so much. And I truly appreciate you being a guest on my podcast today. I'm so excited that you're here. Listen, I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited, Faith. Okay, so Faith, I definitely want you to, you know, go into what you do, who you are, and we'll get into your your main industry. Okay, so I'm a mom of two. Um, I have a son that's 30. I have my daughter that's 11 going on 21, so she thinks. (laughs) Um, I do a little bit of everything. I currently about to finish start back school for my bachelor's in political science okay and then studying for the LSAT for law school pursuing my law degree I'm praying for you let's let's pray (laughs) I need all the prayers I can get um I work for General Motors where I cover 20 dealerships all over New Jersey I've been in the auto industry about seven years total altogether I've been with General Motors for two um yeah, wear many different hats. I'm a. I got into um, philanthropy. Yeah, I've got into politics, and it's so funny because I never thought someone who initially, when I started college, I had took a um, class for public speaking, mm. and I was I was fine until I had to do an assignment where I had to speak, and then I was like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> And I failed that class but no, just because didn't. I wouldn't do that. And then lo and behold, look at what I'm doing now. Wow. So, so funny. Yeah. Yes. And she does publicly speak. She doesn't just publicly speak. She pushes others to publicly speak. <laughs> um, and that's where I want to get at, too. She has these amazing panels and her nonprofit organization is called Emerge. So can you yes. get into that? So Emerge, it was kind of birth because I just wanted to do these events to like shed light on um, things that you go through, depending on where you're at. If you, the higher up you go, I feel like as a um, minority, there's a higher level of struggles. Yes. Okay. Especially like me, I work in a male-dominated industry. Mm. That's number one. And then now I'm a black woman that's telling people what to do and things like that. And so it has its challenges. Like I love my company, but I'm the only black woman on my Northeast region. What? To me, that's crazy. The only? I'm the only black woman on my Northeast region. And there's about 35 of us on the Northeast region. (gasps) Wow. So it was like, you know, I started having conversations with people. Like what do they face being in certain industries Mm and certain positions? And I feel like those conversations are not had enough. So I was like, you know what? I can't be looking for who's doing it. Maybe I got to do it. Yes. So that's how it was emerged, was birthed, because then there's so many other things that could come underneath that. And it just came to life. Right. And you are all about educating those who are interested in hearing what needs to be heard. Like you literally speak on topics that are not so easy to talk about. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yet you do it with such excellence. You don't do it in a way that is disrespectful. You do it in a way that it's like, this needs to be discussed. I'm bringing it to the forefront, but I'm doing it in a way that it's neutral, but everybody needs to understand it's time for a change. It's time for a change. And that really was the whole gist of it. It's time for change. And we're going to push this to the forefront. Right. If you have not been to one of Faith's events, you need to attend. I love her events. I definitely um, always buy a ticket. I always buy a yes. ticket. And her panels, her the guests that she has on her panels are full of a wealth of knowledge. And her being like a facilitator and her speaking her knowledge and her wisdom and in her industry and the many areas that she touches, it's amazing. Yeah. Can you tell me... Um, what is the main focus that you deal on primarily for when you publicly speak now? When I publicly speak, I'm teaching on financial literacy. Okay. That's the main focus. Um, some When I was in my early 30s, I had decided that I wanted to buy a house. And I had a quick light bulb moment because I'm like, okay, I know credit comes along because I years ago I worked in um, real estate. I used to work for Foxins Real Estate. Okay. From 2001 to 2007 when they closed down. Then the market crashed then. I never knew this. So I had that knowledge. So I'm like, okay, I want to buy a house. Okay, Facebook, where's your credit? And then I realized I didn't know anyone to talk to to find out how do I even fix my credit. Mm. So um, I has talked to someone that I knew and she referred me, oh, I know someone that is, she could fix your credit. I want a quick fix like most people want it. Right, let's talk about that. So I used this person. I paid them $1,500 and they never did nothing. That happens a lot. That happens a lot. And at that moment, I was like, I never want to be taken advantage of like this again. Mm -hmm. So I self-taught myself what to do, how to fix my credit and everything like that. And it just went from there. And I made it my mission to never have someone go through what I went through. But then I also realized that in certain environments and where you grow up at, a lot of times we're not taught about credit. Mm -hmm. That's not talked about at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. It's just not. We're just taught to survive. Right. So the whole conversation of credit is not even, it's not brought up for us. Mm-hmm. So, and then if it is, it's not even the right conversation. It's more of, oh, you about to be 18. Let's go get these credit cards. Mm-hmm. And then they help you run it up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you don't got to worry about paying that, which is a bold-faced lie because you do have to pay that back. <laughs> So you're not even taught the responsibilities that comes along with credit, savings, budgeting. Those are just conversations that we're behind the eight ball on. So I wanted to teach people it. Those conversations don't have to be uncomfortable. Okay. They don't. Right. That is so important. And I remember being on a panel with you before and you were giving like so many gems out on that panel. We were speaking at an event in Jersey City, New Jersey, Mm -hmm. and literally working with you when you said you were self-taught and you said all of these different things. There was a few different um, ways of fixing your credit you discussed. Can you tell us a couple of those ways? So a couple of ways in what you could do to fix your credit is the main thing that I think people don't realize the quick thing that they could do to immediately jumpstart their credit. If you are financing a vehicle and say your 
car note is $400 and it's during the 20th of the month. Split your car note. So maybe the first week of the month, pay $200 and then by the 20th, by the due date, pay the other $200. The credit system is not as smart as we give it credit for. It's really not that smart. We just Mm. give it more than what it deserves. So the credit system, instead of it recognizing that you split two payments uh, or one payment, it will think you made two full payments. Wow. So that can immediately jump your credit score. That's amazing. I got to do that. Most people are financing vehicles or leasing vehicles or whatever. Mm-hmm. Split your car note. That's amazing. Right there. And then I think you you gave like a couple different, Um, I think it was like a website or apps and stuff yes. like that. Yes. So for savings, um, there's the Digit app for people that are just starting out. And then there is, uh, that helps you save. I had a cousin. I told my cousin about it. She was like, you know, I'm just not good with savings. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Download the Digit app. She downloaded the Digit app. She forgot about it. Mm-hmm. By the time she remembered, she had like $5,000 saved. That is, she totally forgot about it. That is serious. Because often we try to like save money and then we kind of dip into it. If we right. try to put it if in our own If you know it's there, you, you'll have a tendency to like dip into it. Like you know that money's there. But if it's something you forget about, it's like you put it in the back of your... You, oh, because you, you don't even feel it. The way Digit does, you don't even feel it. And you can, like, have it to where it just saves for you. Or you could like, say you're going on a trip next year. Mm-hmm. You can say, okay, I want to save this amount. And then it'll track how you spend and help you get to that goal before your date. And you do it like that. But, um, yeah, that's an excellent way for someone that doesn't know how to save. Um, and then there's apps that you can do for building credit, which what it does, what the app does is... It pretty much um, is you saving yourself your own money. So it's putting your own money up. But it reports to all three credit bureaus. Wow. But they don't do a credit check initially. Okay. So it's a really good app to use also. Um, There's so many different savings tools and budgeting tools that people probably not aware of. Right. um, That can help them. The other thing you could do is... If you have someone that has excellent credit, okay, you can piggyback off of this. So you can have them put you on as an authorized user for their credit. Now, you don't get the card. So I always tell people, don't ask for the card. <laughs> Just ask them to put you on there. Don't ask for, for my card. Right. Don't ask for the card. <laughs> but what that does is now, because that person have good credit, it skyrockets your credit. And, and that doesn't affect the person that has good credit at all? No. As long as that other person does not have that card, swiping right. that card, they right. just racking up on your credit score because you're doing a good job right. on your stuff. Right. Got so it. you got to be mindful of who you ask and make sure that that person is has stabilized their credit and mm-hmm. has a history of keeping good credit. Right. So that because of their credit score drop, then mm-hmm. you'll take a hit too. But um, honestly, that's what a lot of our counterparts do with their children. Got it. Before they graduate high school. Wow. So they, by the time they graduate high school, they're already at an 800 credit score because their parents put them on as an authorized user. So parents, we need to make sure our credit is stable for the rest of our lives. And we need to start doing that for our 
children as right. well. Um, I do want to say, um, you know, you helped me personally with the issue recently, and I'm very transparent. So recently I had a 790 credit score and I was so proud of myself because being one who um, was in survival mode too. Right. And, you know, my mom, I don't remember if it was good credit, bad credit back then. We went through so much. I can't even remember. But I know we did go through um, a foreclosure on our home, gotcha. our childhood home. And then she had to climb back up. Yeah. And I know now um, myself and um, one of my colleagues from the past, we rebuilt her and my dad's credit. Got you. As well as mine. Mm -hmm. But what I do want to say is um, I had a 790 credit score and we talked about this yeah. before, but I want you to share this with the audience because it really enlightens me every time you talk about it. And I went to Value City to buy me a nice bed because it was time for me to buy me a bed. Mm -hmm. And I had the money to buy the bed cash. But uh, the representative at Value City said, oh, why don't you just finance it? We got 0% interest yeah. for the uh, for six years and mm -hmm. all this different stuff. And, you know, and I said, oh, okay, no problem. She was like, well, what's your credit score? I said, it's a 790. She was like, oh, that's great. Right? So I'm like, yeah, it is great. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a it's not going to really do right. nothing because right. my credit score is a 790. So if I, if I run it, it might just be like a couple of points. Exactly. That's yeah. what I thought. Long behold, my credit statement comes through and it literally says a 690. I was devastated because I've been working so, so hard. hard and I have so many aspirations and opportunities before me yeah. to buy real estate, do all these different things. And it just was like 690. Right. I worked my butt off for this. Right. So I remember, can you explain like what you explained so to me before? What I was explaining to you is what they probably did is kind of similar to what they do when you go finance a vehicle. Okay. So when you go finance a vehicle, Typically, a lot of times, if they know you have good credit or if you tell them or you show them, they won't run it through all those dealerships or those uh, banks, rather, that they use. They'll just run it through like maybe two or three because they, OK, let's see. But then sometimes they still do because some people be saying coming in there, um, <laughs> Credit Karma said, you know. And Credit Karma is not accurate. Thank you. You know, so Credit Karma may say you at 720 and then Experian Equifax, like, no, sis, you at 640. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so don't listen to Credit Karma. Mm -hmm. I always tell people Credit Karma is accurate in what inquiries you have on it. So if you want to go in there to pull your report, that part is Accurate, accurate the inquiries but your score is a vantage score it's not accurate okay so what they did at that store is she probably ran it through they she probably ran it one time but it ran through a however many banks they may use it was a hundred points so it must have been a lot mm -hmm. yeah and so that's what i tell people not to do like if you're going to finance a car and you know you have good credit don't go to the car dealership. Go to your bank. Yes. Even if you're not sure where your credit score is, go to your bank that you bank with because you know it's just only being hit that one time. And at least you'll know what your credit score is. Your bank will help you out more because you've already built them a relationship. Yes. Whereas the car dealerships, like you just 
winging it a lot of times when you do that. Like, so if they have 34 banks, yeah, they're, they're telling the truth when they say it's only, we only run it one time, but it's with 34 banks. Wow. And then it takes about a year for that those inquiries to come off. That's the thing too. So you also, I, I, I did, I ran into trying to get a line of credit. And when I tried to get the line of credit, they said, oh, you have too many inquiries. And that's when you yeah. help me out again and say, you know what, I got something for you to yeah. help you get those. You don't want, so what happens is if you, that's why I tell people to stop trying to, if someone, if you get it, you know, some of them emails that come, you pre-approved. Mm-hmm. Or you qualify, and mm-hmm. people will just keep going with that. Don't do that because that's an inquiry on your th- on your credit report. And then if you try to go do make a major move, you kind of look like a flight risk. Yes, you get what I'm saying, like because like why are you trying to get more credit? What's mm-hmm. going on that you're trying to get more credit? That's how they look at it. Mm-hmm. So too many can do damage too. And like I said, it takes a year unless you know what to do to get it off. Mm-hmm. especially if it wasn't supposed to be on there or you didn't know that they were doing that, you would have to, like, report it to have um, information taken off that shouldn't have been on there, and it's a wow. whole process to do that. So you got to be mindful, like, when you're going to do stuff like that um, or going to finance a, a vehicle, seeing if you could finance a vehicle, it's never good to just keep going dealership to dealership to see who can approve you. If you get to that first one and they can't approve you, pull your credit report and start working on it so you can go back. Like, Because a lot of times people think it takes like, oh, it may take a while to... And sometimes it'd be simple things on there that you could pay this... Right. You got a $65 thing on here. Mm-hmm. If you don't call them people and pay that off and give them people their money... Right. Pay it off. Right. And you could get 15 points from just paying that off. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's the whole thing of, you know, you can um, negotiate. Okay. So, if you negotiate, what you do is this. Before you negotiate, because let's be clear, once it's sold, they'd rather get something than nothing. Okay. So, you can call them and be like, hey, I'm having a hardship. Um, Say it's $500. I'm having a hardship. Um. Can we, you start to nego- the negotiation process. Can I give you 150? Can I give you 175? Whatever you agree on, before you send them payment, make them email you. Okay. Okay, I'm going to agree to these terms. Is it going to come off my credit within 30 days? Make them put all of that in writing. Is it going to come off as that I paid um, in full or that I negotiated? Because you can ask those questions. Wow. And have it take it off. Once they email you that information, then you make your payment. Okay. Should you say to them, um, because I wanted to say I paid in full? Like, how does that work? You can see, but it's up to them on whether they want to accept that. Okay. But just because you negotiate something does not look bad on your credit. Okay. Okay. You're still going to, your credit score, once you pay that thing off, your credit score is going to go up. And do it that way. But, you know, I've had people that I've looked on their thing and they had something on there for like a hundred and something dollars. Mm. I'm not negotiating that. We're not, pay that a hundred dollars off. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> really? You know, $65. You That thing was sitting there for $65. Please pay that off. Right. <laughs> like, right. now, if you're talking about hundreds of dollars, 500 plus and, you know, thousands of dollars, then, you know, then, yeah, we can negotiate some things. But um, 
I feel like another misconception that people have is like, oh, I need to make more money. Let's be clear. If you're not good at saving and budgeting at $35,000, yes. you're not going to be good at saving and budgeting at 150000 Come on. What you make does not make the difference. You got to start now. Mm-hmm. Maybe. You, you're just going to get in more debt if you make more money. Mm, that's that's typically what I see happens. Like, the more you make, if you if you don't manage your finances or saving and, and budgeting, if you can't get that now— more money is not gonna is not, not gonna, gonna solve for mm-hmm. that. That's not it. That's amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, I did want to ask you another question. You talked about um, getting a quick fix, right? And yeah. this is just what my thoughts are because when I tried to do the quick fix route myself, it did not work, and I paid hundreds of dollars as well, and it did not work. And so um, if somebody comes to me and say, Chelsea, I want you to help me fix my credit. I, first of all, I will only do it for the business owner because I'm right. trying to get you business credit right. and trying to establish you with your business loans and your business stuff. But I don't like to do it. Yeah. So I technically don't really want to take clients for that. I will only do it if I have to fix them, but I don't like to do that. So, but I was going to say, I found more appreciation in my process doing it myself. Yeah. So And initially when I started, I was just fixing people's credits. Mm-hmm. And what happened was I fixed a certain person's credit and they had excellent credit. They were at like a 730 by the time I did everything, right? And within like maybe a two-year time span, they came back and was like, I need you to fix my credit again. And I was like, okay, what happened? Like, I don't understand. Then it dawned on me what it is, is it's easy to do that when you don't know what goes into fixing your credit. So honestly, for me, I don't want repeat customers. Mm. So I'd rather teach you and give you the tools so that now you have those tools forever. I love that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So because then later on down the line, we understand life happens. And certain things may happen. Your score may take a hit. But at least now you have the tools to fix it and get it back. You know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I really don't want repeat customers. So that's why I started teaching financial literacy the way I do. To give people the tools so that they have it forever. And not just that. They can teach their kids, you yes. know, and so I'll forth. And things like right. That's right. This is If you want to know more about everything that Faith talks about as far as a public speaker with financial literacy, fixing your credit, changing your narrative. She always changing uses that. Narrative. Yes. She always says that's a Faith Edwards quote, change your narrative. <laughs> yes. She always says that. And if you want to know more, she will be speaking on July 7th and 8th at the Enosis 2023 Mission Conference. You need to register. You need to register right away. Seats are limited. And Faith, do you have any final thoughts before we stop? I would say don't be afraid of credit. I feel like so many Mm. people, including myself, when I started, like I was afraid, like when you look at it, sometimes it can be overwhelming. But then when you start like putting down a process and a plan, I was able, I had like seven or eight thousand dollars I had to pay off that I gave myself a year to pay off. By the time I did it, I did it in like six, seven months. That's 
You, I, I did even, it in like six, seven months. I can't even imagine me doing it. Like, I'm like, all right, like, how am I going to do it? Like, I look at some of the things that I have outstanding and that's, that's, it's yeah. doable. It's like, you're doable. saying it's real. It's it tangible. Right. I really you just appreciate gotta start, this. and once you start, you'll get the motivation to keep going. Mm-hmm. It pushes you like, oh, once you start seeing progress, that's how I am. Once I start seeing progress, like, oh, let me do more, let me do more. So, don't be afraid of it. It's really not as hard as you think it is at all. Right. If you want to know more from Faith Edwards and her nonprofit Emerge and her as a public speaker, if you want to book her, we will have her information. Please email me at cbrunson at morphmentoring.com. Thank you.